I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportsTownChicago.com. Lombard. Part of the P on Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportsTownChicago.com scoreboard update. I'm Tyler Butterball with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Bears fell to the Bills in the second preseason game Saturday, 41-15, as Mitch Trubisky got his revenge, throwing 20 for 28, 221 yards and a touchdown. Justin Fields was a little more quiet in this game, throwing 9 for 19 for 80 yards and 4 carries for 46 yards. Fields did take a nasty hit to the head in the fourth. Here's Justin on how he felt after that hit. It didn't really hurt, to be honest with you. I think the one thing that hurt was my helmet coming off and hitting me in the eye, but the actual hit, so it wasn't that crazy. Is that uh, I think they just put some, some, yeah, it was bleeding a little bit at first, and then they just put some, like, something on you know. Were you strapped up? Yeah, I mean, I was strapped up. Popped off. Bears head to Nashville for their last preseason game this Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time. The Cubs get swept by the Royals in a three-game series, making it a franchise record of 13 consecutive losses at Wrigley Field. They will start their series with the Rockies tonight at 7.05. The White Sox lose the series 2-1 against the Rays. Tim Anderson was out again at shortstop for the Sox with leg soreness. They're hoping he will return tonight against the Blue Jays at 6.07. College football is back this Saturday. Nebraska and Illinois start off their season at Memorial Stadium at noon. Other games for this Saturday, UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, and Southern Utah at San Jose State. Other news in the NFL preseason, Falcons lose their backup quarterback in A.J. McCarron and will more than likely be in the market for quarterbacks. Cam Newton is out till Thursday due to a misunderstanding over COVID-19 testing away from the facility. The Chicago Dogs have jumped up to first place in their division, being up two and a half games to the Fargo-Moorhead. They start their second-to-last homestand before the playoffs tonight against the Lincoln Salt Dogs. First pitch is at 7.05. And this has been your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! Blow the whistle! And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle. With your host, Brandon Stats Januska. The White Sox are all in. They need to at least make it to the American League Championship Series. And even that might not be enough. Tyler Butterball Butterball. Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine. Now DeRozan, Vooch, he's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out of there with no more than three losses. Like, they're, they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And now, here's Brandon, Tyler, and David. That's right. Welcome, everyone, to Blow the Whistle. I'm Brandon Januska, here along with... Tyler Buterbaugh. David Dykstra. And we are coming to you live from Impact Field in Rosemont, Illinois, home of the first place 
Chicago Dogs here in the American Association of Professional Baseball. Are they getting their first place team picture taken right now? That's uh, what it looks that's like. What it looks like. Out on the field, the players are out there, and it looks like they are getting their picture taken. And we'll be talking about them today for sure. We would also like to give a welcome to a new audience that we have listening in today. Special welcome to listeners of the Under the Hood podcast for tuning in. We would like to thank Jonathan Hood for the opportunity to partner with him and submit our shows to his podcast and try to gain some more listeners from that. So. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Jonathan, for for this opportunity. We were hum- very humbled, weren't we, Brandon? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. <laughs> thank you, Jonathan Hood. And this is news to me as well. <laughs> yes, we kept it a secret from Tyler. Totally kept it from Tyler the whole time. Yeah, so... Welcome in to everyone, all of the Under the Hood podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in, and we've got a great show planned for you guys today. We're going to talk some Bears, some baseball, some college football, and of course, everyone's favorite segment, You're Killing Me Smalls. So be sure to send in your Killing Me Smalls moments on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. Are you guys ready to get going? Let's, Let's do, this. do this. All right, we're going to start off with the Chicago Bears. They played a game on Saturday, or they were, had a game scheduled at least. They didn't really show <laughs> up for it. 41-15, to 15, the final score as they lose to the Buffalo Bills. A Trubisky revenge game is what it ended up being. You mean, yeah. you mean a preseason Trubisky revenge <laughs> yes, game? Yes, a preseason yeah. Trubisky revenge game. Not all the starters were out there, but there were a good amount of starters out there on the defense, which just fell flat out there. The punt coverage was awful. Special teams coverage, just in general, awful. The offense was flat, so a lot of problems that you could go into with this game, but There were some positive takeaways as well. The biggest one probably, Rodney Adams continues to impress out there at wide receiver. Rodney Adams looks like he's he's playing his way onto this roster, whether it it, it be taking over uh, that four or five wide receiver position, you know, next man up, but he's made some incredible catches. The catch that he made uh, from the Andy Dalton throw was absolutely beautiful, and then he broke away from the, uh, the... the defensive back to score that touchdown. It, it unbelievably great play and in something that would definitely catch a coach's eye. Oh, that definitely caught my eye for sure. That was that was a Randy Moss type of catch. And that was that was spectacular. So I definitely think he grabbed some attention to the coaching staff and maybe we'll see him on the roster kinda of like you said, like a three four uh depth receiver and I mean I would not oppose because, I mean, from what I saw in that preseason game, he looked pretty solid and could help out that Bears offense. Yeah, he, he has seven catches for 147 yards so far through the two preseason games. He's been by far the most productive wide receiver on the team so far for the Bears. So, yeah, definitely looks to be earning himself a spot. He's been in the league, got drafted in 2017, but he's never played or never caught a snap, a pass in the NFL thus far. So looking to get his first taste of NFL action at receiver. I like that they have him with the starting quarterback. All right, you've proven yourself uh, on on second team and third team. Let's throw you into that first team offense, whether it be coming in as the third wide receiver or the fourth wide receiver, and let's see what you can do against this 
Buffalo has a top flight defense, and it looked like they had a majority of their guys in there, and he still came out there and shined. So I, you've got to have a lot of respect for that, and the coaches better be taking a hard, strong look because I know other teams probably are if they're not. And to add on what you said, David, is that what I, that's what I like is that they're throwing Rodney Adams in with a little bit of the first team and second team, but Nagy's also doing that with other players as well. They're, he's letting these backups get a chance with the first team and just kind of seeing what they can do, like who who's next up because as – we all know is that the Bears are struggling pretty hard with injuries. So I feel like at this point it's just kind of like, all right, who's who's up? Who wants their shot at a position? So that's what I've noticed that Nagy was doing because we all know there is a lot of positions open yes. for that Bears offense and defense. Well, for the first time in a long time, too, I think the Bears can honestly say they have some depth in it's some, some marquee positions such as running back and wide receiver. There are some there's quality there instead of just having bodies. Yeah, and saving the the mileage on the legs of guys like David Montgomery is giving these other guys opportunities, Khalil Herbert and Artavius Pierce getting reps and even Adams. Just the fact that Allen Robinson isn't playing. You mentioned how impactful it can be playing with the starting team with it's not all the starters but just playing with Dalton and just try to create some chemistry. Yeah, and you mentioned Khalil Herbert. He was one of the other guys that really has impressed me so far in these first two preseason games. Like, I believe there, he had a touchdown run that he kind of you kind of thought he was going to get stuck in that in that front line and then he kind of was able to break free. That just kind of shows that he's he, he, that's what like most running backs need to do, is just keep driving the legs and he broke free and so he's been he's been impressing me as well and I would be. In, I'd be. I'm curious to see how much time he's going to get because we're still unsure about Tariq Cohen's return. So I would love to see a little bit more of him in the regular season. Yeah, and of course during the game we mentioned the Trubisky revenge game. So I mean the big question that I've seen floating around everywhere is: Is this the real Trubisky? Is Trubisky really that good outside of the Bears now? Let us know your guys' thoughts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hit us up at BlowTWhistle1. Is Trubisky that good? My answer, no. (laughs) He's still what he was. He didn't have any super impressive throws. He was consistent on the short routes. Exactly. You now have an offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills that goes, oh, these are your strengths? Let's play to them instead of going, you must conform to our system. No. We're going to match our system to what you do best. 10, 15-yard dink and dunk slant routes, go routes. He's not throwing anything over the top at all. And when he needs to scramble, he scrambles. Is exactly what happened last year when Nagy and Trubisky finally had their come-to-Jesus talk together. And they went, well, we're both going to get fired if we don't do something. So let's see what you can do if I make the offense about what you do best. No, I totally agree. Trubisky, I don't think he got that much any better. It's just he's with the right system, with the right coach. That, like David, exactly like you said, add to his strengths. Because, and again, Brandon, exactly what you said. I didn't see anything impressive uh, throws from Trubisky. They're all basically slant routes, yeah, or little five yard outs. So it wasn't really anything impressive. But he was he was hitting them on the spot in the numbers, which was. Looking good, and it made him look good, but I think it was a lot of it was just the defense was just kind of – the defense wasn't really all the there The defense either. looked and, – and 
Brandon and I talked about this earlier. That was one of the scarier things. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit more in, in the next segment, but that was one of my bigger concerns. Although Ogletree still, to me, is showing up and showing out with every opportunity that he gets to the point where I think, and this is just my personal opinion, Trevathan's number two on depth charts at this point in my eyes. I've, I've been wanting that, and after I saw Ogletree in the first preseason game against Miami, he looked outstanding, and uh, Trevathan has not really given the Bears much of anything. He's he's getting old. He's up there in age, and we have this young defense now, so we need to... Ogletree's not that young, but from what I've seen, he's able to he's able to run down to the ball much more quicker. And he's he's a downfield runner. He right. he looks for the holes and hits the holes instead of waiting for the play to come to him. Right. Trevathan used to be that guy. I think with all the injuries and with age, th- that's kind of gone out of the, out, out the door at this point. Yeah. In terms of age, Ogletree, twenty nine years old. Uh, he'll turn. 30 at the end of September, September 25th, Trevathan is 31 years old. So similar in age, Trevathan a little bit older, but yeah, speed-wise, Ogletree is definitely the, the guy. The test. Now, Absolutely. is he going to take over Trevathan's spot? No, the money is going to play in there. They're not going to... The Bears will not make that move as much as they should. They will not make that move. Or at least, I don't believe they'll make that move, at least not in the early going. It's Trevathan's spot. But if it's a if it's anything like last season, he was a step behind consistently, like you guys said. Trevathan is a smart guy. He's a smart linebacker. He's a good player. He's a good tackler. But he was just a step behind in coverage, which is critical at that position. I, I don't disagree. It, it, it seems that you know this this was one of my concerns coming into this season. Like I said, we'll we'll talk about it more in. in in the next segment, but it, to me, th- there has to be a progression in this defense for it to either maintain or even possibly get a little bit better. And for that to happen, some of these veterans are going to have to know their role and just say, all right, maybe it's time for me to be that backup and teach these guys that are taking over how to play this game. And then could you also think and say that this, it, we, the bears do have a brand new defensive coordinator new to the position could this also be a little bit of him too? Like just kind of like still trying to work out this defense. Granted, he's been with the Bears for a while, Sean Desai. Yeah, but this is his first year in the defensive coordinator position. Maybe he could still be getting something together, or maybe he's still trying to. He's trying out different things, and he's trying to see what he can get to work. Is that what you guys can see or think of? From what I've seen so far, it looks like he has that Nick Fangio kind of mentality. It's fly to the ball. Yeah, and. Personally, I don't know if we're we, if the Bears have that talent on defense right now to have that mentality. Yeah, well, we alluded to some of the concerns on the roster. That loss to the Bills definitely revealed some areas of concern. What are more of those areas? We'll let you know coming up here on Blow the Whistle. That's right. We did not get to hear that song a whole lot this week. We did score a touchdown. The Bears did. So we could hear it that once, but not at the end of the game as they suffered a major loss, as we said, 
to the Bills, 41-15, to 15, the final score. Do you really consider it a major loss in the preseason, though? I mean, like, let, let's be real. Like, All right, a blowout loss. Let's put it that way. Blowout it's loss. A, I can, a I blowout can, loss. I mean, we, are, we aren't around here counting how many, how many preseason games they've won in a row. Right, right no, no. <laughs> it's that's, just preseason. We'll leave that to Baltimore. For those of you that don't know, the Baltimore Ravens have an impressive streak going on. Haven't lost a preseason game since 2015, I believe it that's was. That's ridiculous. How many Super Bowls in that in that in that span? Uh, that'd be zero. Okay, I was just zero. making sure. I was just making sure. Yeah, zero Super Bowls since Ray Lewis left. In case anyone was wondering, that's still a zero. But they're a good preseason team. They might have the that, best. They might have the best, best fifty-five best through nine on the roster. Perennial, perennial Super Bowl contenders after the preseason. That's right. The best fifty-five through ninety on any roster. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more Bears though here in this segment and some of the areas of concern that we have with them. And my biggest concern is still it's what it was last week after the game, and that's that offensive line. The offensive line still a major concern. Tevin Jenkins now he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time after having back surgery. We still don't know exactly what kind of surgery that was. That was not revealed that I've saw, seen, but they they're hoping for November. But that seems like a, a best case scenario. Yeah, the offensive line it just it looked really bad against the Bills. Like I felt bad because I mean I you guys probably all saw that. Chicago Bears fans were booing Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, the great response through that touchdown. But it's I don't get why the Bears fans are throwing all the blame to Andy Dalton. Yeah, everyone's excited. They want Justin Fields to start. But, you know, this is Nagy's decision. He's got Andy Dalton as a starter right now. But Andy Dalton was doing as much as he could with that offensive line. He was running for his life. Yes. There was there was nothing. We know that Andy Dalton's not a scrambler. He's a pocket passer guy. And... When he's he he can only run so fast, <laughs> so that's not his strength. <laughs> so and it's not fast, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. He is, he's faster than Foles, which is saying absolutely nothing. Nothing, <laughs> absolutely he is nothing. He's faster not, than Nick Foles, who is slower than Nick Tom Brady. So he's I, faster than Foles, slower than Fields by a mile. <laughs> it, it did, at this point, they're talking November for for hopefully for Tevin Jenkins to be back. I, that's, that seems quick. It, it yeah. does, I mean, we what, don't know exactly we, we, we what the surgery to, was, but we have discussed back issues, and, and the back. I, I've dealt with it my entire life. The back is a very finicky thing, and it just takes him doing one little wrong move in that rehab stint for it to get completely twisted again and be laid up for another six months or have to have another back surgery. I mean, how many? Let, let, let me put it to you this way. I know golf and, and football are two different sports, but how many back surgeries has Tiger Woods had? Yeah. I, I mean, and that's just golf. So I, for me, I would, I would hope they're, they're being very cautious with this. And if it takes him sitting out the entire season, then let it take the whole season. I'd much rather have him, uh, Tevin Jenkins at 100% next year as a rookie and, and let him learn through film and things like that and his drills, then have a 75, 80% Tevin Jenkins who's going to get re-injured and it may be worse than it was the first time. Yeah, especially when you consider the fact that are the Bears truly trying to compete this year? They want to, yes. But if they were truly going all in this year, is Andy Dalton your starter? No. 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 Absolutely not. The fact that they're not really going all in this year... 
why rush him back? Exactly. exactly. And like, <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. <laughs> but with, with back surgeries, you got to take them. You got to take care of it carefully because yes. exactly because I mean, my dad, uh, he's had like four back surgeries, and not it's not really sports related. It's just he just had back surgeries and with his work, and so that's why he's on retirement right now. He's <laughs> he's on disability, <laughs> so. You you can't just kind of rush into this stuff, and we lo- I mean the Bears love Tevin Jenkins. We've seen what he can do. You don't want to rush it and then him be pretty much a throwaway pick because he's going to be useless for the Bears if he's going to be keep getting hurt because you guys rushed him into coming back. I definitely think sit him out for the rest of the season. This isn't a winner do it like winner die season. I think we all everyone knows that, and like exactly like you you pointed out. Why would they be putting Andy Dalton in as QB1? So let, let's have a Jenkins get a break. Let's just – this is more of a rebuild year. Yes. Ooh, I don't like that word necessarily. Reboot? It's I, more I, of an experience year than yeah, yeah. anything. They're not rebuilding. They have the pieces right. they do for have the most the part. So now it's just get these young guys reps so that they can go out and, and perform next year. My my biggest issue right now is that defense, and I talked to you guys about this beforehand. Uh, they look to be a half step to a, a full step slower than they were even last year. And to me, that's not good because if you're going to have this uh, gang mentality kind of defense where it's fly to the ball, fly to the ball, which Ogletree is doing an amazingly great job at in this preseason – you can't be that half step to a full step. And then you have guys like Robert Quinn, who you're paying a bunch of money to, made to look like an absolute fool by not sealing off that edge. Yeah. Going way out past where he needed to be instead of staying right in front of that that running back and, and getting completely juked out of his cleats. Yeah, Singletary made him look like a fool. Singletary's not a bad back. No, he's, he's not. He's not one of the elite backs either. No. So that should not be happening again to a guy who's being paid, one of the better paid players on this team and was brought in to shore up the defense. A lot of the guys, a lot of the starters haven't been on the field yet. Like Roquan Smith didn't play. Eddie Goldman was out as well as was Danny Trevathan. But yes, it does seem, and maybe guys like Mac, he might just be going through the motions right now, being preseason. But there is definitely concern there on the defense. With Mac, I don't think he's going one hundred percent. Yeah, one, which two, makes sense. Two, when you don't have people like Akeem Hicks and, and, and Golden on that line, Mac's getting double teamed every time, and they're going to let. Oh, Robert Quinn's going to be one-on-one? Okay, we'll take our chances because they haven't seen anything otherwise to say that Robert Quinn can get past that. Yeah, you uh, might let him run free. He still might miss. Yeah, <laughs> right? Um, exactly. But that, uh, to me, I think Max probably going 75-80% if that. Yeah, just in the going, preseason, through, the going through the motions, getting some contact, getting his body used to the contact again because just like with everything else it's muscle memory and getting your body used to getting beat up every week (laughs) takes a little time so I wouldn't be surprised if week one you see a different Khalil Mack on the field he looks good he looks like he's trimmed down maybe a little bit as well maybe about 10 to 15 pounds actually he looks smaller than he did last year yeah and not to mention there's a lot of new faces in starting positions like with the the loss of 
Kyle Fuller. There's yep. a, we got new 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 Q, C, not QB CB one, <laughs> and it's just it's a lot of new players taking newer roles. So I think that's a lot of what why we have not seen as the the defense as explosive as we have seen in the past year. And then kind of like what I said about it's just a it's a new new coach at a new position taking lead on this defense. So there's growth in that area too. I will also say another veteran that has impressed me, and we uh, Brandon and I talked about that, Artie Burns yeah. looked really good yesterday. Really good. Former Pittsburgh Steeler looked really good for Chicago yesterday. It was it, a couple broken up passes. Yeah, looked yeah. looked good, looked solid. I would I, I would take him over Trufant any day. <laughs> yeah, Marty <laughs> Burns credited with two passes defense. So yeah, and as was Jalen Johnson. So those two look good. Artie Burns trying to earn himself a slot there, a spot there at, at cornerback on the starting role. So he's looked good. He he's definitely got a guy who could be the starter at the at that position. I wouldn't be surprised. The he he's when Artie Burns is on, he's a solid cornerback. Yeah, and he was brought in last year to kind of be that guy too. Unfortunately, suffered that injury, wasn't able to play, but he he seems to pick up right where he left off yeah. coming into this season, at least preseason-wise. Absolutely. And so let us know what your areas of concern are. We also gave a little bit of highlights. Give us some good and bad. What are your areas of concern with this Bears team? But also, what are some things that Bears can, fans can look forward to? Because we can't all just be dread Dreading this season and everything. Gloom and doom. Yeah, no gloom and doom here. We want a, a little bit of hope, a little bit of positive. That's as just well. for us Atlanta Falcons fans. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know. Uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1 or comment straight on these live streams Facebook Live, Instagram Live, or I believe that's all we're on live yeah, right that's now. All we're on live but right yeah, now, hit yeah. us up You're on good. all those places Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. And it is about that time where we give that moment from the week that had us saying, you're killing me, Smalls. It's our favorite segment. We hope you guys enjoyed it, too. For those of you tuning in for the first time, welcome again to everyone from the Under the Hood podcast. You're killing me, Smalls. We give that moment from the week that had us just absolutely baffled and yelling, you're killing me, Smalls, at the TV or at the article you read. Whatever it was, we want to know what it was. So let us know, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at BlowTWhistle1, what your killing me, Smalls moment was from the past week. And before we get into our picks, let's go to Tyler with a sports update. Back to your home for sports. SportsTownChicago.com. Scoreboard update. Tyler here with your SportsTownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Bears fell to the Bills in the second preseason game Saturday, 41-15, as Mitch Trubisky got his revenge throwing 20 for 28, 221 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Fields was a little more quiet in this game, throwing 9 for 19 for 80 yards and 4 carries for 46 yards. Fields did take a nasty hit to the head in the fourth. Here's Justin how he felt after that hit. It didn't really hurt, to be honest with you. I think the one thing that hurt was my helmet coming off and hitting me in the eye, but the actual hit, it wasn't that crazy. Uh, I think they just put some, some, yeah, it was bleeding a little bit at first, and then they just put some, like, something on it, you know. you strapped up? Yeah, I mean, I was strapped up. Bears head to Nashville for the last preseason game this Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time. The Cubs get swept by the Royals in a three-game series, making it a franchise record of 13 consecutive losses at Wrigley Field. They will start their series with the Rockies tonight at 7.05. 
The White Sox lose a series 2-1 against the Rays. Tim Anderson was out again at shortstop for the Sox with leg soreness. They're hoping he will return tonight against the Blue Jays at 6.07. College football is back this Saturday. Nebraska and Illinois start off the season at Memorial Stadium at noon. Other games for this Saturday, UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, and Southern Utah at San Jose State. The Chicago Dogs have jumped up to first place in their division, being up two and a half games to Fargo-Moorhead. They start their second-to-last homestand before the playoffs tonight against the Lincoln Salt Dogs. First pitch is at 7.05. In other news in the NFL preseason, Falcons lose their backup quarterback in A.J. McCarron and will more likely be in the market for quarterbacks. Cam Newton is out till Thursday due to a misunderstanding of COVID. And this has been your SportsTownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. You're killing me, Smalls! That's right. It is time for your killing me smalls. That point in the show where we give that moment from the week that just left us saying, you're killing me smalls. We want to know what that moment was for you, of course, as well. So hit us up Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at blow T whistle one. And let us know what your killing me smalls moment was from this week. And Tyler, would you like to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, since wow. you're on both screens here. Yeah, I, know, I got him on both screens, both video, both He's lives. the eye candy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He's the eye candy. So, my, you're killing me, Smalls. The Bears defense. Bears defense. You guys let Trubisky throw for 221 yards against you guys. This supposedly going to be elite defense, supposed to be one of the top defenses in the league, and... You let your former quarterback from last year throw 221 yards against you guys. And the main reason why I'm attacking them on this is because I know the Bears didn't have a lot, all the starters on, but I'm kind of more digging right at Eddie Jackson because Eddie Jackson played, and if, I don't know if you guys all saw, on draft night, the Bears selected Justin Fields, and Eddie Jackson goes, We finally got a quarterback! Eddie Jackson, was that just a big slap in the face to you, my friend, <laughs> on Saturday? Yes, the Bears got a quarterback. No, Trubisky didn't get better. You guys <laughs> just, I don't think they were ready for this. Or they just made them. They made Trubisky look good, and now people are thinking Trubisky is good. No, Trubisky did not get any better. He's at a, he's at a spot, and he's playing in a style that suits him, but he's still the same quarterback that he was when he was with Chicago. So, for the Bears' defense, for making Trubisky look better than he is and ever will be, I'm giving you a big old fat... You're killing me, Smalls! Nice! <laughs> well, good. we did get one on Twitter from our boy Brian Houston, King B. Mac in the house, for You're Killing Me, Smalls. His You're Killing Me, Smalls goes out to Matt Nagy. No matter how you babble in the pressers about needing to see Dalton in the regular season, you can't hide from the inevitable. Fields should be the starter for the for this team to get where it wants to go. And until that happens, Matt Nagy... You're killing me, Smalls! I, don't, I love doing it with the button. I don't necessarily disagree with <laughs> no, that. I mean, no, I don't necessarily disagree with it. it. It will be Justin Fields' time eventually where they're just... Like he said, delaying the inevitable. Yeah. And we'll keep it with you, David. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know it's a good one when it starts like that. Yes. (laughs) It's coming into into my wheelhouse season. College football, once again, 
Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 talking about making an alliance. Why? <laughs> why? 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 Now, now, now I get Big Ten, ACC. That would be a great alliance. Think about the teams that are in that alliance, football, basketball, all that. But you want these an ACC team to travel to the Pac-12 region to play football or the Pac-12 to go to the... It does not make sense geographically to have an alliance with the Pac-12. Hey, Pac-12, I got an idea for you. Why don't you go with the other lesser conference? You know, the one that's going to be defunct after the two best teams in that conference leave a.k.a. Oklahoma and Texas, and why don't you guys make an alliance? You guys could be the West Coast Conference. ACC and Big Ten could be the Midwest-North or the North-Midwest Conference. Or, and then you have the SEC. Like, to me, this makes more sense than having the Pac-12 be a part of this. That is absolutely, unbelievably ridiculous oh hi (laughs) for me this is what it comes down to we need to make up our minds do what's best not just for money's sake but for college athletes altogether sec wants to be their own little entity that's fine if the Big Ten and ACC want to get together, that's fine. But do not bring in the Pac-12. That is too much travel for these teams. That is way too much. Could you imagine a Pac-12 team like the U- like USC playing against North Carolina at an 11 o'clock start time, which is 8 o'clock their time in the morning? They, there's no way they're ready for that game. That just no makes no way. sense. So for the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12 that are thinking about doing this super alliance, I've got one word for, or a couple words for you. You're killing me, Smalls. It just, I I like the Big Ten ACC together. I really do. But bringing in the Pac-12 makes no sense. No, because that's just too expanded out. That makes no sense whatsoever. Like I said, you're really going to have USC travel to North Carolina or travel to Clemson and have a... 12 o'clock game where it's 8 o'clock their time back home, and they're like, oh, not get so throw the ball now. It just makes no make, sense. No. And who's going to be up that early to watch that game? I, I mean, there will I, be. I mean, I'd get up for the game. I, I just don't think USC would be awake until the second <laughs> half. Right. No, no. All right, so on to me, and I am going after one of my favorite players that's actually on the Cubs still because <laughs> most of my favorite players are now gone, if, in case you guys – have been living under a rock in Chicagoland. There was a trade deadline and a lot of guys left. But I gave my rant about the trade deadline already. I'm going after Nico Horner, or more specifically, Nico Horner's body. (laughs) We're going after Nico Horner's body because it keeps breaking down on him. He is currently on his third stint on the 10-day IL, Originally, it was a forearm strain, then he had the hamstring injury, and he's currently out with an oblique strain. Yesterday was supposed to be his first rehab assignment. It was his first rehab assignment. And in his second at-bat, during a swing, in the middle of the at-bat during a swing, he just walks back to the dugout. He swings through a pitch, walks back to the dugout, and is removed from the game. Mid-at-bat. 
because he felt tightness in the oblique, which is what he's rehabbing. So kudos to him, first off, for having the presence of mind to not injure yourself more and to take yourself out of the game because it's a rehab assignment. Even if you were with the Cubs right now, they're not playing to win anything right now. So your your health comes first at this point. Right. So kudos for taking yourself out. But shame on you, Nico Horner's body, for failing him yet again and causing him soreness, causing him pain. And this is the guy who is primed to be their starting shortstop, the Cubs' starting shortstop for the next, ideally, 10 to 15 years. Yeah, that's so, the idea. I mean, he was the first over, or not first overall, their first pick, 24th overall back in 2018, the first player from the 2018 draft to make it to the big leagues. He's got a bright future, but health has been the biggest problem with him, and great defender, great bat, not a lot of power, but... This is the guy who is looked to be him and Magical, the middle of the the defense there, the middle infield for the Cubs. And they currently are both on the IL. So Nico Horner's body for failing him yet again during his rehab assignment. I say to you. You're killing me, Smalls. I think that's the first time we've gone after somebody's body. Yeah. We're completely. (laughs) We do not neither condone nor uh, appreciate body shaming here, Brandon. Uh, That's that's right. We don't condone body shaming. I'm not shaming Nico. I'm shaming his body. So I guess that, yeah, that's technically technically body shaming. shaming. Shame on you, Nico Horner's body, for failing him yet again. Yeah, I mean, I was so excited. It's like, I I love to watch the guy play. It's like, he might be coming back. I'm going to the game on September 10th. Maybe he'll be back by then. And then first game back, he's out again. They're they're hoping it's just tightness and he can be back by the end of the week. But at this point, it's not worth rushing you back. Obliques are the front back. Like, (laughs) obliques are just so temperamental. It takes you turning or twisting just the... a minute wrong way during your rehab stints that you're like, oh gosh, oh yeah. no. Yeah, it's it's sad to say it, but honestly, it might be in their best interest to shut him down for the year. Yeah, I, and, yeah. I mean, just they have come nothing. Back, come not back. Like they have anything to lose. Yeah, come back healthy next year. Yeah, I there there's some interesting stuff going on. I mean. It's, Luck of the Cubs this year, buddy. Uh, yeah, the yeah. Cubs. they were yeah. in first place. Yeah, we talked. June twenty fourth. We'll talk more about it. We'll June talk more 24th. about it. June twenty fourth. They were in first place. Just remember that. So, I mean, can I get one more? Chicago Cubs. June twenty fourth. You were in first place, and now you're only about ten games above the Pirates. So, for that, <laughs> Chicago Cubs. You're killing me, Smalls. That, that's for all the Cubs fans out there. We we just needed I, I to told you. That one I out. told you. Did you just? physically hear his heartbreak as he was saying that i just physically heard his heartbreak while he was saying that. june 24th they were in first place well that will do it for you're killing me smalls here today thank you to kb mac for sending one in if you missed it and you didn't send one in you still have time send it in at any point facebook instagram and twitter at blow t whistle one let us know what you're killing me smalls moment was from this week and there's been some injury, some news on the injury front regarding a couple of QBs around the NFL. Has your favorite QB been effective? We'll let you know here on Blow the Whistle.
You're listening that. to the National Football League. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wrong broadcast. Wrong broadcast. Give it's it. still Blow the Whistle here on SportstownChicago.com. Give it five Give it five years, Brandon. You'll be saying it. I yeah. hope so. I hope so. Yeah, this is still Blow the Whistle here on SportstownChicago.com. Brandon, Tyler, and David. Again, welcome to the Under the Hood podcast for the sh- audience for the first time on our show. And if you didn't get it from the rejoin, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL here. A couple quarterbacks, some injury <laughs> updates, injury news. Uh, if David, if you can't hear, is starting to cry. So if that alludes to anything. You broke him. You know. So has your favorite <laughs> oh, you QB. Yeah. Somebody got broke. It wasn't me. <laughs> has your favorite QB been injured? That is the real question. We're going to start off with the positive news, though, first. And that is... Carson Wentz. So any Colts fans out there? Possible positive move. Possible. 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 He has improved himself yet. That's true. That's true. Carson Wentz will be returning to practice this week. He's expected to be back and ready to play for week one. So that's good news if you're the Indianapolis Colts. it, It may have already started for Indianapolis. I've heard a lot from Indy that... Everybody was loving the way Jacob Eason was playing. Yeah. So. So, do you think there could be a little bit of a battle there? No. Okay. It, it's Carson Wentz's team for yeah. sure. If he's ready to go, it's his team to run. But he he's he's got somebody nipping on his heels more than I think he thought he would. But now, how long do you give until Carson Wentz is injured again? See, that's that's the big question. Yeah. I, it, Granted, the Colts have one of the better offensive line. It's top five. Yeah, for it's, sure, it's definitely up there. So Andy's think, gonna Andy's gonna have a running game with James yeah. Taylor. I mean, so I like, think with that, that will help Carson Wentz or Jonathan Taylor. Excuse me, um, that will help Carson Wentz a lot more, and he'll be able to stay protected as they have my favorite old lineman in Quentin, Quentin Nelson. But I mean, I always I hope Wentz doesn't get hurt. I'm happy to see them him on a new team. This could be something huge for him because you know. He didn't have the best of luck at the towards the end of his career with the Eagles. That was super random. What? Do you have a favorite old lineman? I liked him coming out of the draft. That was yeah, see, definitely Quentin like, Nelson. I thought the Bears would take him. Actually, I he thought fell. so too. That's yeah, why I fell one more time. Yeah, he was. I, I didn't want to say I. I'm not happy that we that the Bears got Roquan Smith. Yeah, but I was hoping that the Bears would have picked up Quentin Nelson. Yeah, Quentin so Nelson was the pick before, if I remember right. He was the pick before Smith. Yes, seventh Desen, overall. Right before seventh overall, Roquan Smith was eighth overall. I, I just love like just so random. My. <laughs> Favorite offensive lineman. Just yeah. said it so nonchalantly. That was great. Uh, I mean, I'll date myself. I had one of those back in the day, too. It was Anthony Munoz. Oh, loved watching Anthony Munoz from Cincinnati. Hated Cincinnati, but loved watching him play. But that that's funny. <laughs> that's good right there. Yeah, I, I was mean, like, I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it because I'm like, I, you're like looking at me. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, I that's mean, a weird he, statement. He's what all pro every year so far that he's yeah, been in the league. Yeah. So not bad. Not a, not, not, a, not a bad not guy. A bad to guy. Choose. He's not de- a not bad, bad guy, guy to choose. He's decent. <laughs> well, the other one that I have on the injury front, as we'll make David do we cry really, a little do bit Do we more. really need to talk about this? We yes, do. We're going to spend the rest mainly because of something that you brought up. It's mainly because of something you brought up, and that is Falcons. Backup QB, A.J. McCarron, is on the IR. He will miss the rest of the season with an ACL injury. And this is big news. They said they're going to work out quarterbacks today at practice. Expected to sign one 
possibly this week, definitely before week one of the regular season. And David brought up a very good question that I want you guys to answer as well. So hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. Should the Falcons call the Chicago Bears about Nick Foles? Is Nick Foles a good option for the Falcons in that backup role? Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BlowTWhistle1. Should they make a call for Foles? And what would it take? What should they be willing to give up for Nick Foles? David? <laughs> you brought it up to me this morning. I you mean, said, what would it take? You did throw what, it What would it what's, take? what's our favorite statement on this, sh- on this show? It just makes too much <laughs> sense. Too much sense. Too much sense for us to, to not have the Atlanta Falcons call the Chicago Bears about Nick Foles. It, it, granted, that contract is going to be a hit, so I would imagine that Atlanta is yeah. going to ask Chicago to eat some of it. Um, honestly, I'd probably be willing to give up a fifth or a sixth. Okay, I mean, this morning I said I'm willing to take a seven if you take the money. See, yeah. Hey, if the Falcons take the money. If this morning <laughs> I said a bag of Doritos. Bag of Doritos, that's, that's true. deal. That is what Nick Foles is worth in the mind of Tyler. Cool, in the cool Ranch Doritos. Cool, cool. Oh, gotta now, be it's specific. Cool, now, now it's Cool Ranch. Now, uh, it's now cool we got Ranch. Now we got we to gotta negotiate <laughs> yeah. now. I mean, that's just a little, <laughs> that's a little too much there. But, uh, no, I mean. I mean, I would definitely think a later round pick, like a fifth or a sixth, because honestly, the Falcons would be doing the Bears more of a favor. They need a quarterback, but the Bears are losing that big contract. So honestly, the Falcons would be doing the Bears a favor than themselves. So that's why I'm like, I would honestly take, if I were the Bears, I'd just take anything, anything you can get, free up that cap space and get rid of that ugly contract that they offered them from the beginning. Uh, and I think the bear, the, the trust Falcons, me, as much as it hates me to say this, Nick Foles is a way better option than Felipe Franks. Yeah, oh hey, yeah, that's currently the option. No. That's, that's currently their the number two, option. ladies and gentlemen. That is Atlanta Falcons number two, Felipe, deer in headlights, Franks. And not to mention, last year Nick Foles had his best performance that whole season against the Atlanta Falcons. Who didn't? Well, <laughs> yeah. But I mean that that's just status <laughs> quo for the Atlanta defense last year. But I True. for me for me it just I I don't understand why you're even working out quarterbacks. I guess I guess that you're trying to get somebody cheap, but there's got to be somebody else out there. Josh Rosen recently Stop released it. cleared waivers. Stop it. <laughs> Stop. You know what? Here's a statement for you. I'd take Felipe Franks over, over Josh Rosen. Rosen. Okay. Hey. That's a Kaepernick. statement. Less, less, of a, less of a talent issue, more of a mental issue. I think Rosen is so broken mentally that I don't think he'll ever recover. So, yeah, I would take Felipe Franks over Josh Rosen. What about okay. Colin Kaepernick? Bring him back in the league. If Colin Kaepernick came to Atlanta, that would be something. It'll never happen, but... Right. I, the chances of that is Matt very Ryan, slim. Matt Ryan would probably fear for his job because I think Kaepernick would would threaten him for his job at yeah. this point in his career. Yeah. Yeah, I... I think they'll they might bring in Rosen for a tri- a workout. They'll probably do their due diligence on him. Blake Bortles is another one though. Currently a free agent. Once again, wouldn't surprise I, me if they bring him in. I I 
None agree these, with that too. None of these options sound good. Uh, isn't this great? <laughs> I, I didn't like say it. there were good options. I, I just said they're free agents. <laughs> like literally, I consider I and this is no offense. I consider Nick Foles one of the top tier backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, and as much as it kills me to say this, and I'm sure Bears fans are going to go absolutely insane when I say this, but I think Mitchell Trubisky is in that upper tier of backup quarterbacks now in the NFL. I'd agree with. that. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely. I I think he'll get a starting role again at some point. I Tennessee think, Titans. Yeah, play. I keep telling everybody. Very Tennessee, real. Tennessee I've, will come a calling at some point. I've called it. He's going to be like the Ryan Tannehill, where Ryan Tannehill, when he started off with Miami, was not good. Kind of fell off face of earth. Moved to a new team, ironically, Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. But and he turned out to be really solid. So I think for Trubisky, it's just going to be once like. One team he's going to land on, and it's just something's going to click. The only problem with Trubisky is he doesn't throw the deep ball. No. Yeah. That's weird. So, so Tennessee might not be that good of a fit. But either way, I think he's going to turn him – and there's nothing wrong with being – you will get paid well and get paid hands, handsomely for being a top-tier alternative option. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you can have a great career doing that. And guess what? You won't have all the head injuries that you have to worry about. You don't have all the other stuff that you're going to have to worry about as far as injuries. You'll be able to, you know, remember your name as you get older. <laughs> you know, all these things. And it could lead to him having a career in coaching. I doubt it. But you just never know what, as a backup, what these guys are going to learn. Like, I give it. I give it five years, and Chase Daniels is going to be one of the premier offensive coordinators in the NFL. Yeah. Once he retires. I mean, he was essentially, from all, all I heard, a player coach around the league when he was playing. So he was he was a guy who mentors the guys around him for sure. Absolutely. So that, that could be something. That's something that a backup quarterback is kind of expected to do, especially when it is a veteran guy with a younger starter. The backup quarterback is kind of that mentor, that that extra coach. Absolutely, I, I I completely agree. And and for me, Atlanta needs to find someone that if Matt Ryan goes down, their season isn't completely done. Although if they want to go zero and seventeen, I'm okay with it. <laughs> who are you drafting? If they go zero and seventeen, who's your pick right now? Right now, it might be Rattler from Oklahoma. All right. I like that. He's a good – he's going to be special. Oh, yeah. All right, and that will wrap up Hour 1 here on Blow the Whistle. Coming up in Hour 2, we will switch sports and talk some baseball before going back and talking a little bit of college football as well. And the White Sox seem to find themselves in a little bit of a rut right now. What can they do to right the ship? We'll let you know here on Blow the Whistle. I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but it just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportstownChicago.com. Lombard, part of the Peon Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportstownChicago.com scoreboard update. I'm Tyler Butabal with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Bears fell to the Bills in the second preseason game Saturday, 41-15, as Mitch Trubisky got his revenge, throwing 20 for 28, 221 yards and a touchdown. 
Justin Fields was a little more quiet in this game, throwing 9 for 19 for 80 yards and 4 carries for 46 yards. Fields did take a nasty hit to the head in the fourth quarter. Here's Justin on how he felt after that hit. I mean, it didn't, it didn't really hurt, to be honest with you. I think the one thing that hurt was my helmet coming off and hitting me in the eye, but the actual hit, it wasn't, it wasn't that crazy. Is that right? Uh, I think they just put some, some, yeah, it was bleeding a little bit at first, and then they just put some, like, something on it. Were you strapped up? Yeah, I mean, I was strapped up. Popped up. Bears head to Nashville for their last preseason game this Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time. The Cubs get swept by the Royals in a three-game series, making it a franchise record of 13 consecutive losses at Wrigley Field. They will start their series with the Rockies tonight at 7.05. The White Sox lose the series 2-1 against the Rays. Tim Anderson was out again at shortstop for the Sox with leg soreness. They're hoping he will return tonight against the Blue Jays at 6.07. College football is back this Saturday. Nebraska and Illinois start off the season at Memorial Stadium at noon. Other games for this Saturday, UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, and Southern Utah at San Jose State. Other news in the NFL preseason, Falcons lose their backup quarterback in A.J. McCarron and will more than likely be in the market for quarterbacks. Cam Newton is out till Thursday due to a misunderstanding after COVID-19 testing. And the Chicago Dogs have jumped up to first place in their division, being up two and a half games to Fargo-Moorhead. They start their second-to-last homestand before the playoffs tonight against the Lincoln Salt Dogs. First pitch is at 7.05. And this has been your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. White Sox! White Sox! Go! Go! White Sox! Let's go! 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 That's right, we are going to start off Hour 2 here on Blow the Whistle with Brandon Januska, Tyler Buterbaugh, David Dykstra, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Chicago White Sox, currently first place Chicago White Sox, and they'll be first place I was going to say, I hope you, that, <laughs> yeah. that statement holds true till the end of the season, our dose, by the way. Yeah, nine, nine and a half game lead currently over the Cleveland Indians. But the White Sox are in a little bit of a rut right now, it seems like. Playing 500 ball, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. They continue to just struggle against the contenders, the other contenders around the league. So what is it that the White Sox need to do? What do they need to change? What do they need to add? What do they need to do in order to snap out of this rut and have success deep into October? Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What is it that's going wrong right now, and what do they need to change going into the postseason? Their starting pitchings come back to earth. Yes. I mean, other than other than Lynn and Rodon, which Rodon is on the IL, the, the currently. IL currently, so the, I, they, they've come back. Dallas Keuchel's struggling a little bit. Giolito's struggling. You know, Cease is struggling. He's very inconsistent. He's either, he's either really on or really off. <laughs> There's yes. no in-between. So I think I think the, the the starting pitching's come back to earth a little bit. It's not on that high plateau anymore, and, and the the lack of offense. It just both of those together has turned a a top flight team into an above average team. Yeah, I totally agree because they have their record has dropped a lot as we can see because like the offense has been struggling. Because it took me a minute to realize that the Brewers now have a better record than the White Sox. But yeah, I mean, I, I could say that the the starting pitching has gone came back. I still think that the rest of the rotation is getting a little is still a little off. 
I don't know about you. It's, it, it seems to me that that what what we had talked about with those arms, those veteran arms getting tired as the season went on because they were pitching a lot of innings is starting to come true a little bit, and, and the arms are getting a little fatigued, and there might be a half mile to, you know, one to three mile an hour off of their normal pitches, and that makes a huge difference in the major leagues. The, that's uh, a ground out compared to a, a line drive for a base hit. Yeah. You know, that that's all that – those three mile an hour difference – is the difference between a hit and an out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And the other thing that was clearly evident in those two losses to the Rays over the weekend, both Saturday and Sunday, Tim Anderson did not play. He did not play in either of those games. He was being rested. Tony LaRusa said just save his legs and everything. I expect to see a lot more of that moving forward, like the first, the rest of August and into September, because... They basically have the division wrapped up. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be in the playoffs. Yes, they still have to battle a little bit for seeding in the playoffs, so there is something to play for, but it's more important to have these guys healthy, as we just saw over the weekend, the difference between with and without Tim Anderson in the lineup. It's it's a vast difference right now. So I, I expect to see a lot more of those guys getting a lot more rest, and also, like you said, is there fatigue in the rotation? I expect to see Ronaldo Lopez get a few more spot starts, even when Rodon comes back. Just kind of go with the six-man rotation for a little bit and let these guys get an extra day of rest, not throw quite as many innings, maybe go to the bullpen a little earlier just to save some bullets for October when it actually matters. Or they start doing an IL rotation. Yeah, where where each guy just takes his ten days on. <laughs> that, let's be honest. I mean, it's it's something that I I would not put past Tony Larusa at all. No, he, and- he's he's that type of guy that I'm gonna outthink everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make sure everybody gets rest, whether they want to or not. And probably the only one that won't is probably Lance Lynn because he's used to this. He's used to pitching the innings. That Tony Larusa expects. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Lin's, Lance Lynn is your staple. That and he's fighting for a possibly a Cy Young Cy award Young as well. Point, yeah, so yeah. he wants that as well. So that that's going to be an issue, not issue, but it's going to be a a point of contention. A, a, he won't willingly accept Go, these no, off he when not. he's fighting for a Cy Young, possibly. So. You got to convince him somehow, say a World Series or Cy Young. But like you said, he's a veteran guy. He can do both. And and I think I think over the weekend you saw what what more than just a bat Tim Anderson is. Yeah, he's the leader. Uh, unquestionably, it, it, you could have said a year ago, two years ago, it was Abreu. Yeah, Tim Anderson has obviously taken over that clubhouse. He is the leader in that clubhouse, and there's a significant difference in energy, enthusiasm, and, and, and let's just say want to be at the baseball park when Tim Anderson is in the lineup compared to when he's out of the lineup. Yeah, I would say Abreu is that, that calm, cool, collected, like general 
Yeah. He's the guy leading the team. Tim Anderson is the one who pumps you up. He is the one. He's your hype who, man. Who, yeah, exactly. He let's let's do a little public enemy here. Jose Abreu is Chuck D, and <laughs> <coughs> Tim Anderson is Flavor Flav. There so, you go. <laughs> you got your 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 magician and your your stoic guy who knows the knowledge and is a true veteran of the game and Jose Abreu, and then you have your hype man that gets everybody into what's going on around the ball club. And it was evident there was a lack of enthusiasm and a lack of energy on that team in the last two games. Now, I had a question for you guys is, so obviously, like you just said, it's pretty obvious that the White Sox have that division in the bag. But as we've noticed in like this last series, granted, like despite with without Anderson, the White Sox struggle playing up against the, the top contenders in the AL. Does do you think does that is that going to affect them in the playoffs? And do you think that they can make a far run in the playoffs, even with despite how talented they are? <clears throat> but if they can't perform and contend against the top teams in the AL, how far do you see him going in the playoffs? Yeah, all you Sox fans out there, he's getting choked up a little bit about the Sox <laughs> right okay, now. It's okay, Tyler. It's all right. It'll be, it'll I mean, be all right. Uh, there there could lose. be some concern going into there, the playoffs, there, but don't, don't cry about it. I Honestly, <laughs> to be honest with you, I wouldn't put it past La Russa to be sandbagging just a little bit just to get these other teams to think, oh, we've got these guys handled. <laughs> he is notorious. And, and, and I truly do believe that this is why upper management brought Tony La Russa to the White Sox. It wasn't for regular season the man without a shadow of a doubt is a magician in postseason he is the guy that that took a a wild card slightly above 500 st louis cardinals team to the world series and won david freeze yeah (laughs) and it's just he has the a way of getting his players ready for the postseason and ready to make that World Series run year in, year out. That's why when he was the manager of St. Louis, I didn't care if the Cubs were up by 20 games in their division. If the if the Cardinals made the playoffs, you were in for a fight the entire series because that's Tony La Russa. He's, he may go down, but he, boy, is he going to throw some haymakers on the way down. Yeah, okay. and, and to answer your question, is there some concern? Yes. There, there should there, be. There yeah. is. This, this is a team, the White Sox, that are below 500 against teams above 500. So any team that they've played above 500, there, I believe it's three games below 500, their record is. So they have struggled against teams that would be – seeing them in the playoffs right now. They had a good series against Oakland just last week, taking three of four. But the series against the Rays was a struggle, granted without Tim Anderson for the two losses, and the Yankees just handed it to them both times they played them. But they were all close games. Yeah. They were all close games. The only blowouts were those two against the Rays. So... I'm not overly concerned with them. There is some concern because they haven't shown they can consistently beat these teams. There, There is a little dissension, which I think got worked out. Kimbrel, Kimbrel's been a little hot lately about about his him being used the way he's being used. Yes. But I think they squashed that behind closed doors, got it all worked out. 
I would not be surprised in this next series to see Kimbrell as your closer and and Hendricks is your setup guy. To be honest with you, well, yeah, kind of like we've, we've talked. Is we've, that we, we've we've said it for weeks. Yeah, that, that that's how it Kimbrell should be. Kimbrell needs to be the closer, and like you said, like Hendricks has no problem being the setup guy. There was no but, better game and evidence than the Field of Dreams game. That yeah. eight, yeah. that eighth inning, he was shut down, lights out. And then Hendricks come in, comes in and gives up the go-ahead home run. I mean, that that just doesn't happen. No. It, it doesn't happen with Kimbrell, or it rarely happens. I exactly, say. exactly. So, yeah, I mean, that back end of the bullpen, it's solid. The talent is on the roster, not just the bullpen. The talent is yes, there I would to agree. go deep in the, in the playoffs and make a World Series, possibly win a World Series. They have the talent to do it. Can they do it? Tampa Bay's... Let's say Tampa Bay is going to be the number one seed. They're the team you have to go through, hottest offense in baseball. And then the other one to look at is the Yankees, who is one of those teams. They're in the same division. One of them's got to be the wild card, and the Yankees are the hottest team in baseball since the All-Star break. Well, you also have the Red Sox and Toronto hit, uh, just nipping at heels, yeah, too. Yeah, and so. Toronto, the White Sox start a four-game series in Toronto starting this week. So today through Thursday, four-game set in Toronto. They're four-and-a-half games out I'd of I'd be happy with a split there, to be quite honest. In Toronto, the way they've played away from uh, guaranteed right stadium, I would take a, a, a split for sure. Yeah, I mean, Toronto, right now, they're coming off a rough stretch, 3-7 and seven in their last 10, but four and a half games out of a playoff spot right now. They're looking for to make that up that ground and possibly get that wild card spot, and then it lightens up for the Sox a bit playing the Cubs and the Pirates. So a couple of AAA <laughs> teams, as, as much as that hurts to say. Yeah, it drops off a little. Speaking of the Cubs, <laughs> the Cubs have set a franchise record. But not one that they'd like to celebrate. What did they do? Find out next on Blow the Whistle. Boy, is that a song that we have not heard often lately. It's that, nice to hear it again. Yeah. Uh, what we, is that again? We, yeah. <laughs> I, I think What's they, winning? they may have lost the track to that song at Wrigley Field because they just have not used it. They have not played it. To be exact, they have not played it in each of the last 13 home games for the Cubs oh, at Wrigley wow. Field. Oh, that yeah. is, yeah. The Chicago Cubs have lost a franchise record 13 straight home games. They're going to have to put the words up on the Titantron. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, fans might not remember the words to the song. It's been that long. The Cubs are finally going to win. It's going to be Cubs win. Wait, what do we do now? What do we do? <laughs> oh, oh, song, song. That's right, song and flag. Yeah, grab flag, your, grab your flag. flag. That's right. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna forget what to do. It's been so long. You should see a cloud of dust when they pull those flags out. Yeah, exactly. Moths exactly. fly out. <laughs> exactly. What was that? Cobwebs. Yeah, I've been looking through the schedule. The Cubs have two series left that are that well, three series, two different teams left that I think they could possibly beat and win the series at home. One of or two of them are at home, okay. so they have this current series that's starting at or uh, against the Rockies, one of the best teams in baseball at Coors Field. 
the worst te- road team in all of baseball. So the Cubs have a chance here <laughs> this series against the Colorado Rockies. So you show me that record, and it's, yeah. it's so atrocious. So you're saying they've got a chance. Yeah, I am saying they have a chance. I am. So and then saying. they still have two series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, one at home, one in Pittsburgh. So so they have they have some chances. The smile on Brandon's face as he goes, we play Pittsburgh! Yeah, yeah. Yes, Pittsburgh is still, is still in the standings. But yeah, looking at Colorado, just to see how drastic it is at home at Coors Field in Denver, they are forty three and twenty two. On the road, they are fourteen. 14 and 45. See, and that's crazy to me because they are not that bad of a team. No, they no. have talent. They have talent. So that's odd that they are that bad of a road dog. Yeah, one of the best teams at home. The worst team on the road. <laughs> the, the, the worst, <laughs> worst team. team. Yeah, then, so that's exciting. Yeah, and the Cubs with go their, Cubs go. Yeah, go Cubs go. Uh, the Cubs currently they they kind of need a win at home. They are now back to five hundred at home, thirty one and thirty one. This was a team that again June twenty fourth they were in first place. Now they are currently yeah. fifth. A 15 out of the wild card, 22 and a half behind Milwaukee. We had talked about this the other day. 22 and a half games behind Milwaukee. I, it was funny to us that we were just two months ago talking about, you know, potential World Series run and everything yeah. like that. Now, uh, could, could it be a Crosstown Classic in the World <laughs> Series? The Cubs, one of the best teams at Wrigley. The Sox, one of the best teams at home as well. And, yeah, now the Cubs... 13 games ago, they were 13 games above 500 this, this at home. Is, this has got to be one of the biggest turnarounds in sports for a team. That, in a negative way? In the most <laughs> negative way. Like, it's got to be up it's there. It just goes like their their hopes are going up, 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 and then just midseason, it just drops. It all peaked. It, like, like you said, it was going up, up, up. It's like, oh, they're doing so well. Sweep the Mets. Dominate the Padres at home, then a a little bit of a rough road trip. They get a no hitter, a combined no hitter, and that was the peak. (laughs) That was the top, and who knew that the cliff just dropped off (laughs) on the other side? Straight down. It was not gradual. (laughs) It was not. I would say, like, to me, it's just crazy that we've gone from that to this, and, and. you know, it's like God just pushed that button and went, eh, not today. <laughs> and by what I mean by God is Tom Ricketts. I mean, Tom Ricketts just, <laughs> yeah, not this year. <laughs> and another way you can put it is this whole Cubs season is like the whole year of 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> just, oh, it started off good. Everyone's like, 2020. New decade, and then it just <laughs> all went downhill. Yeah, there was so much hope. I mean, you said it, and uh, just like personal experience as well. 2020, it's like, oh, okay, new year, everything, I'm at home. I got shipped out. I was still in the Army at that point. New Year's Eve, I get a call. Everyone has to return to base because we're getting shipped out to Kuwait because Iran invaded the embassy in Iraq, the U.S. embassy. So everything just starts going downhill <laughs> from there. And, yeah, that's exactly how this tw- uh, this Cubs season seems to have been. We got a tweet tweeted at us by no other than KB Mac Radio, and he goes, Wow, you guys have skills. I thought Jed traded that track to the dead at the deadline too. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That's right. That's right. He traded it to us. He traded That's it right. to blow the whistle. We gave That's him. How. We gave him uh, a bag fu- of Doritos. No, we gave him fu- future prospects. Jeremy Stouter. <laughs> Which he, he will be on the 10-day IL. He, uh, <laughs> he, he promised each of us in that bat yeah. <laughs> to throw out the right. first pitch. I, yeah, uh, something yes. like one of those cool first pitches that we watched this, at, this morning. Yes, yeah. yes, oh, yes. yes. Uh, we're expecting David to do a flip before he throws his out. <laughs> I was going to do the, I was do, do the half-gainer with the twist and then yeah. throw. All yeah, right, yeah. all right, all right. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone listening out there, if you want to have the Blow the Whistle crew throw out your first pitch at your ball game, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's right. Blow T-Whistle we'll 1. It. We will happily come out to your event and throw out the first pitch. <laughs> two of us will at least make it look good. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to tell you which two, though, so you have yeah. to bring us all. The third you one will catch bring it. us all. The third one, yeah, the third one will catch it. That's right. That's right. Figure that and one out. And <laughs> other news with the Cubs. We're going to step away from the actual play. This, because uh, this is this is the one that's going to hit a hot button for a lot of people. So let's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, some big news, some great news for the Cubs as they now have a Hall of Fame class, a Cubs Hall of Fame. They had a ceremony last week, the inaugural Cubs Hall of Fame class. Over 50 players included in this class, all dedicated with plaques and everything. I'm looking forward to going and seeing it when I'm at the game on September 10th. I'll be in the bleachers, Cubs-Giants, Chris Bryant's return to Wrigley. Anyone wants to join me, the bleachers are general admission. Come find me. I'll be in the bleachers. Anyone wants to join. That's September 10th, Cubs and Giants at Wrigley Field. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but one memorable name, one notable Cub was left out from this from this Hall of Fame, from this plaque. And while it's not overly surprising because of the publicity, it's it's still it it doesn't make a lot of sense it's, to be honest. It's, it's surprising. And that that player, if you haven't figured it out already, is Sammy Sosa. It, Sammy Sosa was not included in this inaugural Cubs Hall of Fame class. It's surprising to me at least. Uh he, Here's my issue. Uh, well, let me ask you, Brandon. Do you think it's more because of the personal attacks that he's taken on the Cubs since he, like, after he first left? Or do you think it's the steroid issue? The 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 potential steroid issue? Because, once again, it's never been proven that he took steroids. Right. It's a combination. I think the bad blood started when he walked out on the team. Yeah. His last game, Agreed. he walked out in the middle of the game. That's where it started. The Ricketts family has said, Tom Ricketts has told him before, you would be welcome back to Wrigley Field if you just come out and clean the slate, say that you use steroids, which he's not going to do. He has not been proven. He's, Sammy Sosa is not going to come out and say he used steroids. The, the Ricketts family has, has said before that he will be welcomed back, but not like they'll, they'd love to do a ceremony for him but not until he comes clean on the whole steroid era. I guess my whole my whole issue with that is guilt or and this is unfortunately the the stereotype from that era, you're guilty until proven innocent. Exactly. I am reading this article from Fansided saying that he will never get into the baseball hall of fame due to his reputation for steroids. No player in MLB history benefited from the drug more than Sosa. Once again, reputation for using it was never once nailed for it. Right. Was never, ever. Right. All these other guys that came out and said it, you knew. Yeah. You well, knew. Sammy, 
the body it, wise, uh, most likely, yes, most likely, but yes, but yeah, it has you, not you been know. proven. The the only thing you could say he actually did that you can actually prove cork bat. that cheat, yeah, cork bat, cork so bat, you can prove that. <laughs> so it's more that the Ricketts they know or they have high suspicion that he was using steroids, but even though obviously we know that it was never proven. So they're just kind of going off what they believe is why they're not letting the I'm Cubs in. I'm wondering if someone didn't sell him out. That's possible. Th- that, that is, th- yeah. Somebody in the organization knows. Uh, there's a lot of people that know whether or not he did or not. A lot of people, code of silence and everything because it is baseball, but I'm wondering if somebody didn't tell the Ricketts family in confidence, hey, he was using. If he comes out and admits it, we'll let him in. If he, That's See. the only way... That, to me, that's mentally, that's the only reason they're sticking to their guns the way they are. So you're saying there's a narc out there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> call it call it what you yeah. will. I mean, somebody, somebody, probably somebody who felt slighted by Sammy or thought, well, if he hadn't done steroids, that would have been my, my position. Career, yeah, that yeah. could have been me. So, it, it, the bitterness is a an ugly, ugly thing. Yeah, so. it is. But I mean. Sammy Sosa, team leader, 545 home runs with the team. That's the most in franchise history. He's third on the team in career RBIs behind Cap Anson and Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub. Both those guys are in in the Cubs Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. obviously, as are the two behind him, Billy Williams and Ron Santo, of course, again. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of the belief that he should be in. Once again, when, when Major League Baseball as a whole, turns a blind eye to the subject until it becomes an inconvenient reality and they make a rule. So why are you punishing a guy for something that Major League Baseball allowed? I think it has more to do with the bad blood than it does the steroids. Yeah, I agree. It it does. Let us know what you guys think. Should Sammy Sosa be part of the Cubs Hall of Fame? Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at BlowTWhistle1. Should Sammy, Slammin' Sammy, be part of the Cubs Hall of Fame because, I mean, I'm I'm of the belief, as I said, he definitely should. He was a fan favorite. He He's the reason people came to the stands in the 90s. Oh, for sure. He Absolutely. is the reason people came to watch the Chicago Cubs. And baseball in general, yeah. really. Re- yeah. He, he and McGuire. Exactly. That home run race. Yes, he left on bad blood, but what he did for this franchise is more than enough for him to be part of that of that Hall of Fame class absolutely, for the absolutely. team. Maybe not Major League Baseball, but for the team, definitely. For so sure. it's unfortunate to see, but that's the way it is right now with players from the steroid era. Well, the AP polls have come out for college football as they prepare to begin their season. Who's ranked number one overall? We'll let you know coming up on Blow the Whistle. Back to your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com. Scoreboard update. Tyler Buterbaugh here with your SportstownChicago.com update powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Bears fell to the Bills in the second preseason game Saturday, 41-15, as Mitch Trubisky got his revenge, throwing 20 for 28, 221 yards, and a touchdown. Justin Fields was a little more quiet in this game, throwing... 9 for 19 for 80 yards and 4 carries for 46 yards. Fields did take a nasty hit to the head in the fourth. Here's Justin on how he felt after that hit. I mean, it didn't, it didn't really hurt, to be honest with you. I think the one thing that hurt was 
my helmet coming off and hitting me in the eye, but the actual hit, it wasn't, wasn't that crazy. Uh, I think they just put some, some, yeah, it was bleeding a little bit at first, and then they just put some, like, something on you know. Were you strapped up? Yeah, I mean, I was strapped up. Popped up. Bears head to Nashville for their last preseason game this Saturday at 6 p.m. Central Time. The Cubs get swept by the Royals in a three-game series, making it a franchise record of 13 consecutive losses at Wrigley Field. They will start their series with the Rockies tonight at 7.05. The White Sox lose the series 2-1 against the Rays. Tim Anderson was out again at shortstop for the Sox with leg soreness. They're hoping he will return soon in the Blue Jays at 6.07. College football is back this Saturday. Nebraska and Illinois start off their season at Memorial Stadium at noon. Other games for this Saturday, UConn at Fresno State, Hawaii at UCLA, and Southern Utah at San Jose State. Other news in the NFL, preseason, Falcons lose their backup quarterback in A.J. McCarron and will more likely be in the market for quarterbacks. Cam Newton is out till Tuesday due to a misunderstanding over COVID-19. And the Chicago Dogs have jumped up to first place in their division, being up two and a half games up to Fargo-Moorhead. They start their season, their second-to-last homestand before the playoffs tonight against Lincoln Salt Dogs. First pitch is at 7.05. And this has been your SportsTownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. That's right. College football is coming to your city. I'm so ready. I'm so ready. (laughs) David's not excited at all. I am ready, ladies and gentlemen. Don't let him fool you guys. He hates college football. I was going to say, he's never even watched college football. I don't don't wear Penn State stuff anywhere. He hates college football. Never. (laughs) (laughs) So, which team do you think... Or which teams do you think will make it to the college football playoff, into the playoffs this year, whether it's expanded or just the normal four? Who are your teams to make it? Wow. Let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Blow T Whistle One. That's, that's a, an early. That is a tough who, question, favorite, Brandon. Early favorites, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I was like, say that's early, this is real early. Early favorites right now? <laughs> Oklahoma, Alabama, for sure. Uh, after those two teams. It could be anybody. I Ohio State's got a lot of question marks. Uh, pretty much every Big Ten team has a question mark around them. Uh, SEC, hit or miss after Alabama. The, the SEC's known for beating each other up throughout the season, so there, there's question marks there. Clemson, I, I want to see how DJ... How do you say his last Uyunglele. name? Uyunglele. Uyunglele. Uh progresses as the, now it is his team to uh, fail or pass. Yeah, they, they take on Georgia in their first game. Yeah, Clemson, so it's, Georgia, it's good like matchup from the start. Huge That's, first game. I wanted to ask you because they have Georgia up at five. I don't think they were up that high last year. JT Daniels. I've heard him. <laughs> he took over. Uh, Georgia was, I want to say, like one in four last year, and he took over. He's a transfer from uh, USC. He took over oh, for yes. the starting quarterback and just played lights out football and is a special, special kind of quarterback if given the opportunity. Uh, a lot of these upper echelon top ten teams 
have those franchise kind of quarterbacks or school franchise kind of quarterbacks at at their leader leadership positions. Okay. Yeah. For for me, it's. I mean, to me, it's a little too early. To <laughs> it's always out. too early. Oh, I know. Too early. But like you said, uh, I kind I like the picks that you've had that I could see guaranteed there. I. I am excited to see Oklahoma. I like seeing Rattler because I don't know he's, if he's going to be something. If sweet. anyone's ever seen, I think it's called QB1 on Netflix. Rattler was in the latest season, and that's when I knew about him. Back when he was in high school, I saw his senior year, and boy, can that kid ball. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's a he's he's a more athletic, bigger version of uh, Murray. Kyle, okay. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray? Yeah. yeah I, that's, a, that's a good it's, comparison. It, it, bigger faster and better arm strength which that is, that's saying a lot because Kyler Murray's got a cannon for an arm but yes he does and then did you what did David you said something earlier that if uh, Rattler wins the Heisman this year be uh, three out of the last five years they've had a Heisman trophy at winner, Oklahoma at Oklahoma yeah. in at the quarterback position that's insane Kyler Murray Baker, Baker Mayf- Mayfield, Mayfield and then Rattler if he wins this year. Yeah. Jeez. They're they're becoming a little bit of a quarterback university. Yes. They really are. Yes. That's That's kind of, I mean I they never really was known for having solid quarterbacks come from Oklahoma, so this has kind of been like recent. Yeah, well they've always had above average quarterbacks. Yeah. A lot like Alabama. Alabama's always had those quarterbacks that that were above average but always looked way better because of the talent around them. Oklahoma, it's their quarterbacks make everybody else look good. Oh yeah, and sometimes they get superstars like Hollywood Brown, who now plays for the Baltimore Ravens, to go along with that talent, and it's just lights out. After that, give me give me a rundown of some of the other ones, Brandon, and I'll, I'll tell you what I I believe are are some of the issues with some of the other teams. All right, so you got your top five for the AP top twenty five. Top five are Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, and Georgia. The coaches poll has the same five; they just have Oklahoma and Clemson flipped. Uh, for me, Ohio State's the big question mark. Uh, you're obviously uh, replacing Justin Fields. Uh, Clemson also has that issue, but DJ Ungolele <laughs> uh, has has proven himself last year while while Trevor was out. Yeah, so, that game against Notre Dame just in itself. Excellent, excellent performance by by DJ. You know, if if Atlanta wants to wait a year to go zero and seventeen and then get <laughs> DJ, I'm okay with that too. But that's besides the point. Uh, top five is pretty solid. Uh, I'm never gonna uh, vote against Alabama until proven differently. <laughs> just and it's just one of those things. One thing that I'm, another thing I'm really excited for this season of college football is that we're gonna be seeing a lot new faces at quarterback because as we know, a lot of quarterbacks, like big name quarterbacks, talented quarterbacks, got picked up. From in the in the NFL draft, they've all moved on. So now it's kind of it's excited to it's exciting as it always is to see who's the next guy up at QB. And and from what I understand, all these schools that had Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence have guys that may even be better than those guys were. Wow. Yeah, which is amazing. It, that's well, insane. I mean, that's the one thing that got me. I I watched DJ in the Army uh, Reserve. A high school game, and he impressed me then. But then Dabo Sweeney came out and said that he throws a better ball with more velocity than Trevor Lawrence does, and I went, "Wow, okay." 
bold oh, statement. That, that's a yes. very, very bold statement. <laughs> that's definitely something to say. Yeah. A little out there. But, hey, you know, we'll see how, what if Dabo is kind of like legit on this, and we'll see how this kid does. I, yeah. would, I would say, you know, the, the, the conferences this year, of course, are more than likely going to be SEC above everybody else, as per usual. Um, Big Ten has a lot of solid teams this year. Just nobody who really stands out to me. Once again, the big issue with Ohio State is no more Justin Fields. You still have above-average talent on the offense and defense. Olave's still there. Olave's still there. Uh, Major Teague is still there running back. But those... Alave, a lot of Alave's talent was because Justin Just. threw to where he knew Alave was going to be. If the quarterback for Ohio State can do that, then you have a, a good connection. If you can't, then there's issues. You, you lost a lot off of that offensive line, too, from Ohio State. I mean, there's going to be, I would say, in the Big Ten, I could see three to four teams in the mix for that Big Ten t- title this year. So you're saying it's pretty even up in the Big Ten? Yeah, I would say out of out of the uh, West Division, I would say it's probably going to come down to Wisconsin and Iowa more than likely. So you're not even counting Ohio State in there? No, that's the East Conference. Oh, I'm sorry, that's yeah. The, and East is probably going to come down to Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, as much as I do not want to oh. say Michigan. Because <laughs> Michigan has a lot, a lot to prove. They aren't even ranked in the 20, top 25 poll. For the first time, and I don't know how long. Okay, and to kick things off, it'll all start off on Saturday, August 28th, this Saturday, and that'll be between Nebraska and Illinois, the Fighting Illini and Nebraska. That's your team, Tyler. Yep. So that's kickoff <laughs> at noon. What do you expect from that game? You know, I know that they Nebraska did pretty well in the recruiting. David, you told me they got – they, they ranked they pretty did, high. They did decently w- within the Big Ten. My, my biggest issue is how is all this outside noise going to affect Nebraska with the possible sanctions coming down on them? You have Illinois coming in there with a new coach, Brett Bielema. Uh, is he going to bring that old school Big Ten mentality back to Illinois where it's run the first two downs and throw the second, throw third and fourth down? I hope not. But that is his M.O., and I think my personal opinion when they hired him was that they took a step backwards instead of a step forwards. I think this is – I mean, it's going to be a pretty even close game because they these, this two, this matchup here for the past few years has been pretty even. I'm just hoping that we will see what Scott Frotz can do when he comes to a team, as we know is how he did with uh, – why am I going blank on the University of Central Florida UCF yes. and perfect season and so I'm still waiting for Scott Frost to kind of bring that to Nebraska but I guess we'll just have to see I'm excited for it I, I, I agree with Tyler I think it's going to be a very close game and probably a very competitive first game for both teams alright well kick off for that one again at noon central time from Memorial Stadium in Champaign-Urbana University of Illinois hosting Nebraska and that will kick off the NCAA Division One season. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Well, coming up, will the Chicago Dogs make the playoffs for the first time in franchise history? 
We'll let you know here on Blow the Whistle. Chicago Dogs Baseball. First place, Chicago Dogs Baseball, I should say. Two teams. We got two teams in Chicago in first place in baseball. Yes, we do. We've been here for just about all of it, all the home games, as we are live from Impact Field currently. Broadcasting live from Impact Field here on Blow the Whistle on SportsTownChicago.com. Well, the Chicago Dogs currently 54-32 and 32 in the North Division of the American Association. A two-and-a-half game lead over the second-place Red Hawks. And for those of you that are not aware, the playoff format, the one team gets a bye, essentially. It's a play-in game between the two-and-three team in each division. That's a single elimination game, single game between two and three. Winner takes on number one in a best-of-five series. So... Dogs sitting pretty currently. Four-game winning streak coming off a a sweep of the Gary South Shore Railcats. And they take on the Lincoln Salt Dogs, who are a good team as well. They take them on starting tonight. Uh, Pitching for for the Chicago Dogs has been absolutely key. Their starting pitching has been out of this world over the last, I'd say, 15 games. Where they've had this run of... What was it? I, I want to say like what they're ten and two in their last eight, eight and two eight in their last two, ten, their last yeah, eight, eight and Four two. Straight. So they're probably like in the last fifteen. They're probably let's say twelve and twelve and three. I, I, just phenomenal stuff that's been going on, and it all starts with their starting pitching, who is. That has gotten them to the point where they they are. The bats have come alive, so it, yeah, no. it, it it seems like the team is coming together on all fronts at the right time. Yeah, that was my biggest thing. I was going to say is the bats are coming alive. Casey Hobson, T.J. Bennett, those guys lately have been just smacking the ball. It's because TJ's a new dad. It, there's something <laughs> got, about becoming a, a, a dad. The, he's got that dad strength. <laughs> yeah, he's got the he's got the dad strength going on. But yeah. yeah, no, the bats have been swinging, and it's just they've been lights out on the offensive side. And now that like they were sitting at second for the longest time, now Milwaukee biggest surprise moved down to third, so they could possibly get an eliminated. Well, they can't get eliminated. Well, uh, Milwaukee's been struggling for like. For the 15 games that the Dogs have been playing great, Milwaukee's been struggling just as hard in those 15 games. So They're 4-6 uh, and six in the last 10 on a three-game losing streak. Yeah. So they're kind of cold right now. This is a perfect time for the Dogs to catch this heat that they have been catching. Yeah, and, and that'll carry into the playoffs, hopefully, and that's where it all comes down. This is the start of their final homestand of the season. So a six-game homestand and then one last road trip before the playoffs begin. It's coming down to the wire, a tight race. Fargo-Moorhead Redhawks only two and a half behind, and Milwaukee Milkmen only three and a half, or three games behind the Dogs right now. So it's going to be a race to the finish here in the division in terms of who gets that top seed and avoids the play-in game. But for, for the most part, those three teams that we were just talking about, Fargo-Moorhead, uh, Milwaukee, and Chicago, f- barring any unforeseen catastrophes those are your three teams from the north division in this uh a a baseball association 
uh, that will probably get into the playoffs. Yeah, the next closest team are the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, eight games behind the Dogs right now. So only five games behind the Milkmen, but with only about 12 games left. It's a that's, tough, a lot, it, that's a lot to pick up It's, in 12 it's a games. tough road to, to travel. Yeah. But then you got to look at the other side in the south, the Kansas City Monarchs, best team in the whole league, 59-28. and 28. The Dogs have played well against them in the last set. Uh, the last, the, the last, last home, homestand. homestand. Yeah. Took two or three from, from Kansas City. So they can play with these upper echelon uh, ball teams for sure. And especially now that the, the Dogs are – clicking it's a di- and they're getting everything going it's it's a different it's out- a different feel yes exactly to to this team compared to the beginning of the season where it was it was a majority of of great pitching holding them together where they would get a run here or a run there win two to one three to one now they're they're winning by three to four runs a game uh pitching is still there even though they've had a lot of guys picked up by other organizations in the major leagues. Yes. That's, no, I'll just say that's the toughest thing about this league, the American Association, is that it's mainly what I've seen is pitchers. Once a pitcher in this league has an outstanding performance, don't expect him to be on the team for much longer because they're going to get picked somebody up by get, somebody. Somebody takes notice. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things when you're not a minor league, uh, a major league affiliate, that's going to happen because the major league teams who. Who's not gonna accept an offer to go play in, with a major league team right. or oh, in a minor Absolutely. league affiliate? With so, a chance, exactly. It's a chance, and so that's where these guys end up going. Oh, they're performing well in independent ball. Let's bring them into our system, have them in low A, and now they're ours. We control their rights if you're a major league team. And and not not to be a jerk, but they're probably getting paid a little bit better in those in those minor league right. systems too. Likely, it's yeah. probably a, not a huge bump in pay, but probably a little bit bump a bump in pay. But it's all about getting to that dance for these guys. The, the, these are gentlemen that are trying to take that path to the major leagues in a roundy way. And if you can get recognized by an organization, you darn toot and they're going to take a shot at it. Absolutely. And, well, yeah, like who doesn't want more money? <laughs> <laughs> what? Money? Is that I don't a, want that. Is paper. that an important thing? No, it's, <laughs> no, here and there. Here and there. <laughs> Brandon's got uh, uh, player leader stats for the dogs, and I'm just cracking up with Casey Hobson having the best ERA. Zeros oh, yeah. across oh, yes. the board. Yeah, yeah. Across I just keep looking at it. Casey, it just cracks me up. Casey for those Hobson. who don't know, Casey Hobson is pretty much the everyday first baseman. He pulled an Anthony Rizzo <laughs> in a game and came in. And, yes, the man has a 0.00 ERA right now. Um, it's not official because he doesn't have enough <laughs> innings pitch. Of but, course. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, what what are you looking for over this homestand, Brandon? Yeah, this just consistent baseball. This is a team that we've already said the offense can hit with anyone. The pitching just needs to – they've been hot during this win streak. They just need to continue to dominate, continue to play well, particularly the bullpen. That's where some of the issues have been. They've been solid as of late, but that's – if they're going to struggle, I believe it's going to be because the bullpen falls apart. The bullpen has always been – they've got a great closer. Yeah, Jeff Kinley. Kinley yes. is – outstanding for them can come in and shut down pretty much any team I've seen him come in against he's dominated he's got wicked wicked stuff um what else are, are 
Do we have any predictions on this first series, Brandon? I think the dogs are going to do well. I think they'll take two or three at least against the Salt Dogs, Lincoln Salt Dogs. They played them well in Lincoln, and the dogs do seem to play a lot better at home, as most teams do. From beautiful impact field. Absolutely gorgeous multiple here. Multiple times winning the minor league uh, best stadium, best best field. So it's a beautiful field. field. If you haven't been out here, definitely come out to Impact Field. You'll see us, the blow the, blow the whistle crew, out here. Yes, We're always here. At least one of us is. Yeah, one of us is at always. At least one here. of us yeah. has been at every, every home single game, game yeah. except our graduation. That's the only time <laughs> oh, yeah, that right. all three of us were missing. <laughs> so yeah, definitely come out, join a game. Six home games left, including tonight's, and then it's on to the playoffs. That's what we like to hear. Playoffs? Playoffs? <laughs> you darn right, playoffs. That's, That's right. what we're talking Chicago about. Chicago Dogs, which would be the first time, first time in yes. Chicago Dogs franchise history. So congratulations to them on what has so far been a great season. Absolutely. And we look forward to continuing to cover it, continuing to watch it, continuing to be part of the Chicago Dogs broadcast and the Chicago Dogs team. Unfortunately, that is all the time we have here for today on our Blow the Whistle broadcast live from Impact Field, home of the first place Chicago Dogs. Thank you for everyone who tuned in today. A special thanks again for the first time to our Under the Hood podcast listeners, anyone that tuned in today. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and listening to our show we hope you guys continue to tune in as well as we move forward. You will. You will. You will. I would hope <laughs> you will continue will. to tune in. Mind, 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 Jedi, mind tricks, yes. Jedi, mind tricks. <laughs> yes. Jedi, mind tricks. <laughs> thank you again. Another thank you to Jonathan Hood Absolutely. for thank giving you very that, much, uh, that connection as well. Once again, I'm Brandon Januska here with Tyler Buterbaugh. David Dykstra. We hope you guys have a great day. Tune in and watch some Chicago Dogs baseball. First pitch set for 7.05 here tonight against the Lincoln Salt Dogs. That's where we'll be. We hope you guys join us as well. Once again, this was Blow the Whistle live from Impact Field here on SportstownChicago.com. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great night.